Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Live, presented by Kaleida Health. All right, ripping and roaring here through a Tuesday. Chris Brown, Steve Tasker with you. One Bills Live is the show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're here with you until 3. And it's a shame that some of the conversations that one Stephen A. Tasker and myself have (laughs) in our office don't make the air. We are going to share one with you here because Steve and I were going back and forth about the upcoming game on Sunday between the Jets and the Lions. I am all aboard the Dan Campbell train and biting off kneecaps. Lions are playing some good football. They gave the Bills all they could handle on Thanksgiving. And their (laughs) offensive coordinator is a play-calling savant of late. Jamison Williams is now working his way back into the fold, their number one draft choice who came off the ACL that he suffered in the, I want to say, national championship game. I can't remember if it was the SEC yes, title game or right. national. Either national way, championship. early January. And uh, they are a tough out right now. Now, you could say the exact same thing about the Jets. So, Steve and I are at odds. Brownies. <laughs> As to, a brown, Brownies a lion guy. I'm all, I think the Lions are going to beat the Jets this week. Steve believes the Jets, and I quote, are going to, what you say, annihilate? What lump you, them up. Lump them up. Lump up the Lions this week. Because my, my logic is, as anybody with a long history in football like I do has, it is this. Don't ever forget, it's the Lions. So Steve makes a dramatic exit from the office as he utters this line. Brownie. Don't ever forget. Ne- don't ever forget. It's the Lions. So Steve leaves the office. Nice exit, he, too. Timed it right. Oh, it yeah. Pulled it, it off like, great. It was a great yeah. dramatic exit. Then as I come back he in. He comes back in the office. <laughs> he comes back to his cubicle to sit down. <laughs> and I look Steve dead in the eye, and I go, Steve, never forget, it's the Jets. <laughs> to, Steve to contemplates said, for a second. That's a good point by you. <laughs> That's a good point by you. Is this the, I don't know what you're going to get game of the week or what? It's when, and I said it this way, it's when the hard, cold truth meets the indisputable fact. (laughs) Which is which? And Yes, take your pick. The Lions are the hard, cold truth, and the Jets are fact. Here's the thing I, I think about the Jets. 
they legitimately pushed the Bills to the limit in both those games. They are legit up front. Their defense is for real. Yeah, they're a good matchup They are what the Bills do offense. Exactly. And I think for that reason, it's going to be hard for the Lions to do what they've been doing, and that's hang a bunch of points on them. And I, I just think the Jets are a better football team right now with Mike White. And I... You know, I just can't get my mind around that. Now, I forget. It's easy to forget too. For me, the Lions gave the Bills all they wanted as well. It was a thirty-three thirty game. Don't forget, twenty-eight twenty-five. A twenty-eight twenty-five game. Don't forget. <laughs> and that you know, it was a game that was it was tough. It was on Thanksgiving. All that da 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 da. It's twenty-eight twenty-five Bills. And I, but I just think the Jets are more for real than the Lions. I just and they're at home. The Jets are at home. I, I just yeah. I just think the Jets are a better football team. And um, right at this point in history, Dan Campbell aside, I think the Jets are being better run. So I, I like Robert Sala. I like Dan I like both these head coaches. I it's just hard for me not to get my mind around the fact that the Jets pushed the Bills to the limit twice and beat them once. Yeah, and the bit. Let me say this: the Bills didn't the play Bills very are good the really time. the Bills are the best team in the conference. They've played the toughest schedule. They've been injured as much as anybody in the league, and they're the one seed. And they were on the road against Baltimore and beat them, Kansas City and beat them. They had Tennessee here and crushed them. I just the Bills are for real team. And to come in and play the way the Jets did against them twice and beat them once says a lot about how good a football team they are. So in this yeah. week, when we're talking about, and I don't know why we were all on the, I think the Lions are going. Uh, the Lions have had a nice stretch, no question. It's hard to win a bunch of games in a row, and they've won a bunch of them. Yeah, I think the one equalizing factor for the Lions that goes largely unnoticed. I think you can make an argument. They have one of the top five offensive lines in the entire league. They have a very good offensive line, some high draft picks, and they move defensive lines off the line of scrimmage. Now, the Jets are a tall order, especially if Quinn and Williams is back in the lineup. If he doesn't play, I like the Lions' offensive Here's line. Thing. Yeah, okay, but they played the Packers, they played the Bears, they played the Giants, they played Jacksonville I know. and Minnesota. I know. And they lost to the Bills in the midst of all that. And they lost to the Dolphins. They lost to the Cowboys. They lost to the Patriots. They lost to the Seahawks. They lost to the Vikings. They lost to the Eagles, like everybody's doing. They beat the Commanders, the Packers, the Bears, the Giants. A lot of middle-of-the-road Jag- And teams. the Jaguars and Minnesota this last week. When well, they're playing we, a last-place schedule. Min- we've known Minnesota was a fraud since they beat us. Yeah. So... Yeah, um, they're the Jets are for real football team, and I think the I think the Lions have been making hay against a soft schedule. The Jets don't consistently score points the way the Lions do, and I realize the Lions are playing yeah. a last place schedule. But guess what? So are the Jets. It's true, though. It's true. They they thirty one, thirty one, twenty five, forty, thirty four. Those are all they games score that, their last points. six games. They're they're scoring a lot. And their of OC Ben Johnson is going to start getting some sniffs. Now, maybe not this offseason, but next offseason for a head coaching job. Because I don't know why. Yeah. Sometimes these coordinators have one good year, bang, they're gone. Yeah, I, I think other guys. Have he's going to need a little bit bigger body of work. 
So it's year. probably not this offseason. I don't know, but though. The Lions, doing that with the Lions is, I with think. With Jared Goff. Exactly. I think that says a lot about his abilities to squeeze the most out of his personnel. And teams aren't going to want to pass on a guy who ends up being a really good guy for somebody else a year later yeah. or two years later. So sometimes these guys skyrocket to a head coaching job. Like mm-hmm. back in whenever it was when Sean McVay got his job, Cliff Kingsbury, Matt LaFleur, all these, you know, McCoy. Is that right, McCoy in Cincinnati? No, that's not right. What, what am I missing? What's oh, the head coach yeah, in Cincinnati? Yeah, the head Cincinnati? coach's name is uh, – uh, I, I always remember. forget his name. Anyway, those guys – they all got hired all at the same time in that same you know big rush. And now they're, they're all still coaching. Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. I don't want to say the McCoy all the time. I don't know. Zach Taylor. That crew that got hired, they all were meteoric rises. And then you got guys that, you know, in coordinator spots like Brian Dable, who did it with Josh Allen for four years before he ever got a chance. You know, Eric Bieniemy in Kansas City. Josh McDaniels sat in New England. He had a couple of jobs. He's had a shot at it for yep. a while, though. But there's all these guys that sometimes it takes them forever to get a, a look, and then other times they go right away. So I don't get that. I don't get that. Yeah. But this guy in Detroit is supposed to be really good. We'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll see, see on Sunday. We'll now learn they, a lot more on Sunday. They scored, they scored 25 against the Bills' defense. And the, but the Jet defense statistically is better than that. Yeah, Well, well they're better in certain areas, yes. Yes. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I, I still th- I'm very interested to in see how that game turns out uh, this week against the Jets-Lions. And the reason we got into this is because Robert Sala still believes his team's his playoff team, and they, they got to win out to make it happen. No doubt. they got to win out. Yeah, they got leapfrogged last night by the New England Patriots who beat the Arizona Cardinals after Kyler Murray went out with what looks to be an ACL injury on the third play from scrimmage. Another non-contact injury. This one on grass. I know turf has come under fire for these kinds of injuries, but this one happened on grass. And with the Patriots winning that game 27-13, they leapfrogged not only the Jets, but I believe the Chargers. i got to check that again. Did they, are the Chargers still in? Right, let me Hold on. Let me go back. And make sure. Yes, they leapfrog the Chargers as well. So they're in the seven hole. Chargers slide back to eight after holding the final playoff spot for a day. And the Jets are now ninth. So Jets are looking up at a couple of teams just with them alone. And (laughs) not for nothing, Steve, Miami at eight and five suddenly has New England and the Jets breathing down their neck for second place. You know what I mean? So Miami's not pushing the panic button yet, but they're going to come in here motivated to win a game. They can't drop they three can't in a row. Drop, they can't Especially drop in the road. AFC no, and a division they, loss. This is, this is a huge game for Miami. All of a sudden, because Miami got beat last week, the Bills have got a little bit of breathing room. It's not as, it's not as crucial for the division as it is for Miami. For the Bills... It's crucial for the one seed. They need this game, but they're going to they're going to win this division. I mean, that's all there is to it. But Miami is—you're right. Miami is now 
they're they're riding a little bit of a bubble right now, and if that bubble pops, they may be home right after the regular season's out. They may miss the playoffs completely. Yeah, with the Patriots and the Jets. Interesting thing about well, we'll talk about this more later in the week, but the defensive game plans of both the Niners and the Chargers worked very well against Tua Tagovailoa in that Dolphins passing game. We'll we'll dice more of that up later in the week because we have other items we have to get to today. Most notably concerning the Bills passing game, two player transactions, well, involving a total of four players actually, by the Bills today. One active roster move, one practice squad move today. The active roster move was the signing, re-signing actually, of defensive tackle Brandon Bryant to the 53-man roster. They released defensive tackle C.J. Brewer as a result. He had just rejoined the roster last week after the injury to Jordan Phillips was suffered in the New England game. So they added him for depth. He was uh, added to the active roster last week. He's now since been released because Brandon Bryant has spent the better part of the last three seasons with the Bills on the practice squad, called up for some games here and there over the last three seasons. He essentially, Steve, is this team's fifth defensive tackle. So anytime one of the top four defensive tackles gets injured, Brandon Bryant's the next guy in the rotation. Yeah, I think, I the think problem that, is they had to move him off the roster recently because of a injury situation in another position. They had to make room on the roster, and he got claimed off waivers by Houston. The Texans right. just released him yesterday, and the Bills scooped him back up and put him on their active roster. I think this spells problems for, like, Jordan Phillips. I don't know. If, I think what, he might what, be out a while. Yeah, this may be a signal that he's not coming back soon. Well, I think he's also – no offense to C.J. Brewer, but Brandon Bryan is a more experienced right. and, and probably an upgrade for your, what will amount to your fourth defensive tackle again this week in the event that Jordan Phillips can't get back from his shoulder injury and miss a second straight game. So that was roster move number one. Roster move number two, getting a lot more attention, and we understand why. Cole Beasley signed to the Bills practice squad this morning. And this was a move that I don't know if many people thought would ever take place again. Um, after he was released after last season. So he's back in the fold. Yeah. And, you know, this is something they did just two weeks ago with John Brown. So the receiving core, it, it's like old home days. They're getting the band back yeah, together. And I think one of the reasons for there's a couple of ways you can all we can all kind of see why. John Brown and Cole Beasley, one, they, they know the offense. Two, it's important if you're going to have an insurance policy for your receiving core that those guys are plug in and play. And Josh Allen knows them and understands them. And trusts And trusts them. them. Um, I don't know that and, – and it could be construed, too, as like, wow, I don't know if they like Khalil Shakir. Boy, I don't know if, if uh, Isaiah McKenzie's really given them everything they thought they were going to get out of him. Or I don't know that Jake Coomer is not going to come back from injury. Uh, all this – you can go down the list of possible reasons why. But I think when push comes to shove and you got a team like this in the situation the Bills are at, the one seed, Super Bowl aspirations, all of the things that are attached expectation-wise – with this club, you've got to have guys that in case something happens, you can plug them in and they're ready to go and cover for you and, get, and not drop off in production. I would agree that that is how we should view John Brown. John Brown is a player that had trouble staying on a roster last year 
after he was released by the Bills following the 2020 season. And now he's back. And while I still believe he has NFL ability, he strikes me more as what you termed it, an insurance policy. Cole Beasley, I think, could be something different. If you look at this passing offense, it has not functioned the same as it did last season with Beasley in it. They have a true number. They still have a true number one option in digs, but no single individual nor a group of individuals in Buffalo's receiving core has been able to adequately replace the production that Cole Beasley had in this offense. Whether it's one guy playing the slot, two guys playing the slot, and maybe injury has something to do that do with that with Jamison Crowder on injured reserve. But the bottom line is this. They have not been able to replicate Cole Beasley's production in this offense since he left. And because of that, he's back. Now, is he gonna is he gonna walk right in and put somebody out of a starting lineup position? I don't think that's gonna happen no right way. away. Because last I checked, this guy was out hunting with his kids two weeks ago. Here's the thing, too. Not running routes. Right. Here's the thing as well. that It's – and I'll say this. If they're going to go if, – if you can picture this happening and say, hey, is there any – you know, what are you looking – what do you want – Josh, what are you looking for? Listen, he wants somebody who can catch the ball. Cole Beasley was a phenomenal – had a great catch radius. The Bills are number two in the National Football League in drops – they're actually number one according to some statistical services. They're they're the worst in the league, or at least second worst in the league, at dropping the football. So if you're going to go to Josh Allen and say, "What do you think? What who should we get?" He'll know. He's going to say, "Listen, give me a guy who can catch." Right. And that falls on Cole Beasley. Now Cole Beasley's a long way from getting on the field for the Bills. Now I hold this. I, I will say this. I say he's a long way from getting on the field with the Bills. I also said like four, five, six weeks ago on this show when people were saying something. When he when Beasley retired from the Bucks. Bucks, I said, "There's no way he's coming back here. There's that's not he's done. He doesn't want to play." So I'm saying, <laughs> "There's no way he's getting on the field." I could be really wrong. Just again, well, but he's got to get in shape, get in the offense, get acclimated, and you can say, "Well, he was only yes." I get all of that, but it's a, it's a long time, and. He's got some things to prove, certainly to himself as well. He's probably got to get out there and get see what it feels like to be back in uniform. But I think that's more about what this is than anything. This is a team that leads the league and drops. And Cole Beasley doesn't do that. And he's got a quarter he got a quarterback back there who's in any given Sunday the best player on the field for either team. And he wants somebody who's not going to drop when he throws it. Well, so, and not only that, in de- you know, the coaching staff, as we have seen since Sean McDermott got here, you earn everything you get on the field. If you produce, you stay on the field. If you don't produce, you're not on the field. Yeah, you can earn- you take a seat. You, you can-, can earn your way on the field, but you earn your way off it. And w- we've seen it. it. It has taken 14 weeks for James Cook to, to earn an- a- more than 20 snaps right, a game. Right, to get any kind of... Playing time. Playing time. And we've seen it's it was a struggle at times. The guy's dropping pass. He's falling down with the ball in his hands. He's dropping passes. He whiffs on a block and gets the wide receiver number one jacked up. 
I mean, it's you know, so if you can earn your way on the field, you can earn your way off. And this, you're right, Brownie. Cole Beasley may be a signal that somebody's earning their way off. Yeah. Well, drop more passes and you'll be sitting on the bench pretty quick because you say, oh, well, everybody drops passes. Yeah. But as Steve mentioned, the team leads the league and drop passes with 32. That's according to ProFootballReference.com. Two more than the next closest teams, Miami and the Chargers, uh, with Green Bay not far behind. So that's a problem because you're sacrificing the efficiency of your offense as a result. This despite the fact that the Bills are still first in the AFC in average yards per play on first down, and they are still, let me just double-check this and make sure I'm right, no, they've slipped to number two in the league in third down efficiency. Drops are part of that equation because, look, I'm not saying that Josh has the highest on-target percentage in the league. He doesn't. He's actually middle of the pack this year. But there have been enough plays to be made for receivers to push this offense forward, and it has not happened. That, combined with the fact that no one has seized the true wide receiver two role within the scope of this passing game, is why Cole Beasley is here now in the 11th hour of the 2022 season. The the team, the offensive staff, they gave the players on this roster more than enough time to develop, find their place within the scope of the passing game, and produce. We're at week 15 now, and the offensive staff has said, that's it. We've given you all enough time. We still have kinks and problems with the execution in this offense. We're going to fix it with people now, not with scheme, not with repetition, not with coaching. All of those methods have been attempted. It's not working. Bring in Cole Beasley. Here we go. You got to bring in – they're bringing in competition. Competition makes you better. Cole Beasley is going to is is there to play, uh, just like Naheem Hines was brought in as competition, uh, just like the the roller coaster or the carousel at corner. The you know uh, Christian Benford, Kyrie Elam, Tredavious White now, Xavier Dane Rhodes. Jackson, Xavier Rhodes. All these guys are have been rotated through at different times. Now certainly injury was also in part of that mix as well. But Xavier Rhodes was signed for a reason, and he's on the field, uh, has been on the field. So they are not sitting, standing pat on this roster, even as this season winds down and it culminates in a playoff berth. you got to keep pushing if you're on this roster. And I think this Cole Beasley signing is one more it's a wake-up call. Tangible, sign of, tangible piece of proof that, proof that says you got to keep pushing. Yeah. I think the offensive staff is – Run out of patience here. Unless they see dramatic changes ahead of one of the most important games of the season. Uh, listen, I, I, we're going to be making changes, and we got people on the roster ready to be that change. And I know, and I know, um, you know, in some cases, criticism's fair. I get it, um, and it's but it's a, an imperfect world we live in, and guys make mistakes all the time. You know, guy will drop a pass. Everybody drops a pass now and again. But here's the thing, too. You got to remember, they've had the hardest schedule of anybody in the National Football League. Certainly in the AFC. They've been extremely injured, an injured club. Uh, they've lost a Hall of Fame pass rusher. They've lost an all pro safety caliber player. And they've had in, guys in and out of the lineup on defense all over the field. Their offensive line has been injured up and down, had guys up and down, all of that. Having said all of that, the schedule, the injuries, 
um, they're the number one seed in the conference. Right. There's not too much to criticize here, and there, but this kind of atmosphere is the one that really sets you apart. They're not sitting back waiting for the playoffs to start. They're trying to get better all the time, even now, week 14, 15 of the regular season. This is a team that is pushing all the buttons. Uh, and, I, and I can tell you this, too. Not only is it the players and the roster, but Sean McDermott, Leslie Frazier, Ken Dorsey, uh, starting with McDermott, are making sure that the coaching staff is on that plan too. get better. Yeah. Get better. Be ready for those situations when they occur. Which prompts the question that we have sitting on the table for you at One Bills Live. Have the Bills properly equipped themselves for the stretch run this season with some of the acquisitions that they've made, some of the changes that they've made, and we'll see if there are more on the horizon with respect to the starting lineup. You let us know at 803-0550, the number to get on board. Steve, we need to also mention this. Weather watch, Saturday night, week 15. Well. Buffalo Lake Effect Snow. Say it with me, everybody. Uh, apparently, things are setting up for there to be a Lake Effect Snow event. Obviously, nothing like we witnessed a few weeks ago that got the Browns game relocated to Detroit. But it looks as though snow is in the forecast for Saturday night. And it all depends on the wind direction and where the snow band is going to set up. That's what it looks like at this well, point. We all kind of, yeah. I mean, if you live here, you kind of know what Brownie's talking about. Um, one to, right now, the one I'm looking at says one to three inches overnight. Uh, it's going to be cold low saturday during the day it'll be 31 at night it'll be 25 uh and it's going to be 75 percent humidity that night um and the lake is still relatively warm it's in you know the mid to upper 40s so basically what they're saying during the day saturday remember the bills are playing at night 8 15 kickoff during the day saturday high of about 31 32 degrees 58 to 60 percent chance of snow and one to three inches is forecast during the day. In the evening, when the Bills are playing football, variably cloudy, snow showers, a low of 25 to 26, winds 10 to 15 miles an hour out of the west-southwest, chance of snow 60%, another one to three inches expected. So it looks like snow is going to be, at least right now, I realize it's only Tuesday and this is obviously subject to change, but if we get to about Thursday and this forecast is unchanged, we can bank on snow during the game yeah. During the game Saturday night. I'll say this, though. The snow's better than it was this last Sunday when it was wet. Uh, when it wasn't snow, it was rain. Uh, the snow's better because the ball will stay drier and it's just better. You don't get wet. Uh, Always snows always better than the rain. Uh, the thing that's the worst part about it is the winds. Um, southwest at what twelve fifty area one to three yeah about twelve miles per hour winds southwest west southwest. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. And this yeah somewhere between fifty five and sixty percent chance of snow. It's gonna be cold. Might be chilly. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. Forget that chilly stuff. It's going to be cold. Um, yeah, we'll watch it. It's going to be a factor. Yeah. 
And, you know, the big – and, of course, all of us as Bills fans, and I know you've done this too, anybody you talk to about this game are asking me, and I anticipated I, – I cut them off before we even got there. Is it legal? Yeah. Is it <laughs> – Right, you know where I'm going. Is it legal for the Bills to go without heaters? Then the Dolphins have to go without heaters on their sideline. Yeah, the amenities have to be identical. They have Which to be, is why the Bills didn't have uh, the misting fans. misting fans on their sidelines when the Dolphins. Oh, they had them on the sideline, but they, they just couldn't use them. They couldn't use them because the Dolphins said, "Oh no, we don't need those. We're in the shade over here. We're great." And I remember sitting in the press box looking at the Bills bench. They got those shades those shade tents propped up to try to keep the players in the shade as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And there's six misting fans behind them, all unplugged, all unused, because the Dolphins aren't using them on their sideline. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's just annoying. Let's go to the phones at 803-0550, as we are asking you, have the Bills properly equipped themselves for a stretch run here in 2022? We go to Mike in Amherst to lead us off. What do you got for us, Mike? Hey, guys. Um, I just wanted to thank you for being the exact sports therapeutics we all need in Buffalo. You guys have an <laughs> awesome show. Thank you. Um, I tune in every day while I'm working from home to kind of stay level-headed. So great show as always. Um, I don't know what you guys think, but I've never felt better about this team. I think we've shown the moment is not too big anymore. Um, you know, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year, we'd be 10 and three first place, beat the Chiefs, the Titans, the Ravens. I'd sign that the rest of my life and say, absolutely. So I think they're in a great spot. Um, over the last four wins, I've gotten the vibe that they're kind of letting the game come to them and saying, hey, look, we're going to play the football game our opponent wants to play and we're going to beat them. You know, it seemed like when we had those couple losses, Josh was being a little loose with the football, maybe being too aggressive. And, I mean, this is a question for you guys. Do you think the coaching staff kind of got together with them and said, hey, let's calm down. We're a good enough team. We can beat anybody over 60 minutes. Let's not force things. Um, and my other question to you guys was, do you think they have overcome these kind of one-off anomaly losses? Do you think that going down the stretch – you know, they're going to be prepared for those kind of wacky situations. Yeah, that's a good question. You're talking about the 13-second game, and you're talking about the Minnesota game when, you know, all they needed was one quarterback sneak for no gain to win the game, Um, that kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, you'd like to think so, but it's impossible to anticipate every weird situation that happens in a football game. You got to even the – I think it was DeMar Hamlin in the Minnesota game with the – with the Justin Jefferson pass where it actually he was going to intercept it and actually Cam Lewis Cam Lewis Cam Lewis actually helped Justin Jefferson catch the ball ironically when all he had to do was swipe it off to the sidelines and the Bills win the game that kind of stuff yeah you can't anticipate all of that uh, and that doesn't all fall on the coaching staff because you got to have some players out there who are pros and kind of get that situational thing too uh, I do think I like it you're right the Bills are right where they want to be but when you're right where you want to be in this at this situation this time of year it's precarious because you got other good teams that are snipping at your heels, and you got to keep going. you got to keep staying where you want to be. So, yeah, they are right where they want to be. And I'll say this, too, about your other point real quickly about the Bills kind of playing the game that is presented to them by their opponents. The Bills are a good football – no, they're a great football team. And right now they're displaying the fact 
that they can win games any way you want to have it. We saw them a couple weeks ago run the ball more than they threw it. We've seen them play a defensive game like they did last week against the Jets. We've seen them hang 31 on the defending world champions, 41 on the number one seed from a year ago, 38 on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They can beat you any way that is presented in the game they need to win that way. They can do it. They did it with turnovers. They've done it without turning over. They've overcome their own mistakes to win. They've done it every situationally thing way you can come up with. And that's something to feel good about. That's something to feel good about because they are a deep, stacked, talented football team that's playing really well right now. They don't play in a vacuum because there's some other good teams out there. In fact, the Bills have played in less of a vacuum than any other team in the league because I keep saying it. They've had the toughest schedule out there, and they've overcome to the number one seed. Yes. So, yeah, there's a lot to feel good about about this team, but as we all know, it's the NFL and man, oh, man. you you got right. to get, it to, you the, get to the end of it. Right. At the same time, the concern we hear from Bills fans, at least the ones that are talking to me, is they had become accustomed to seeing this as a juggernaut offense through the ball down the field, kind of like we're seeing the Eagles do every week. That's what the Bills had, had kind of conditioned their fan base to expect. You can make the argument we have not seen that since about week five against the Steelers. And I think while Bills fans on the whole are happy that the team is still winning football games, I think they're wondering, hey, in a week where we actually need to be explosive, can we be? Because they haven't been reminded of that capability in a game in quite some time. And so I think that's why there are some Bills fans that are a little nervous saying, hey, can are we ever going to get back to that? Are we capable of doing that? And I think that's what they're openly wondering. I don't, I'm not saying it's a panic situation, but that's the general consensus that I get from the fans that have been talking to me even when I'm not on the show here. we got to take a break because when we come back, our colleague, one Alec White, content coordinator, Bills reporter for BuffaloBills.com, is going to join us. We're talking playoff scenarios. It is that time of the year. He'll bring us up to speed next here on One Bills Live, presented by Collider Health. It's Buffalo Bills Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.